Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. I always aim to learn from each and every one of my guests. Curiosity and humility have always been the best of tools in that regard. And this next conversation is no different as I'm thrilled to welcome peak performance coach Nick Elvery to the podcast. Nick battled with hard drug and alcohol addiction for over a decade. Coming out the other side of his personal transformation, eight years clean, he still battled with the emotional roller coaster of depression, suicidal thoughts, and food addictions. Fearing he may have damaged his mind beyond repair, he wondered if he had more mental health problems than he realized and sought medical guidance. Were these highs and lows a normal part of life or was there more going on here? It was only after studying cognitive hypnotherapy that his eyes were opened to a whole new understanding of the mind and everything finally clicked into place. His mind was not broken. He did not need medical intervention. He needed a complete mindset and subconscious overhaul. This newfound knowledge combined with years of experience and research spawned a new era for Nick. He created the Rapid Mindset Transformation, or RMT, system to help fellow entrepreneurs build unstoppable minds and become relentless in the pursuit of their business goals. To deliver the RMT system, Nick founded the Optimized brand, and through the Optimized Mind program, he helps other entrepreneurs become unstoppable too. On this episode, Nick emphasizes the critical role your internal dialogue plays into your reality, how a sharp, focused mind is at the core of our efficacy, the need to be careful of who and what we allow into our environment, and so much more. Head over to Nick's website, optimize.life, and use the special coupon code to get 50% off his short, engaging, and effective optimized meditations as a courtesy to our listeners. Just use the coupon code OPTIMIZE50 at checkout. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 112 with Nick Elvery. Here we go. It's a thrill uh, to have you on, Nick, seriously, um, because it's like I we've connected a little bit, you know, offline. And like I told you, I listened to a couple of episodes that you did over the past year. Really great content. And even at some point, I got so enthused. I'm like, you know what? You know what? I don't want to know too much. I want to stay curious. I want to stay. I want to make this a discovery as I bring my usual sense of curiosity and humility uh, into these conversation. And it's uh, a real thrill. And for me, it's actually going to be a very educational piece because truth be told, I've never actually connected or actually met because I really tried to look back. I've never, of course, you know, you know, a couple of people in your different experiences, but I've never actually met uh, someone, you know, who was, who was a drug addict and who had to, you know, deal with these kinds of situations and circumstances and let's call it personal demons. And for me, it's definitely, a, you know, an educational piece in regards to this conversation and, you know, where I'm definitely wanting to learn. Um, and I don't, don't just want to talk about, let's just call it, you know, the downfall. But I really want to talk about, you know, the elevation and the empowerment and how you got yourself over here, you know, to the other side. And I really want to start that off very humbly and respectfully by saying I want to celebrate you uh, in regards to, you know, coming out the other end and still being here. Because I'm sure a lot of people that are listening can relate, you know, to personal stories of people that they know. And we know that, unfortunately, when you go downhill, there is a point of no return uh, that you may come across. And the fact that you're still here uh, because every life is precious and every life is genuine. And uh, that is worth something to be, you know, celebrated. 
Um, and I really want to thank you and celebrate for being here. And of course, obviously, welcome uh, to the Awaken the Awesome podcast, Nick. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. I really want to. I really want to start that out, you know, because again, you know, it's uh, it's a really it's a really interesting thing to. Because again, you talk a lot about mindset. You talk a lot about, you know, how we can actually, how, you know, what we tell ourselves, our inner narratives is, you know, primary in terms of how it takes to actually achieve a peak performance. But I really interesting to know, you know, seeing that you're here and what type of conversation does, does it take with ourselves, you know, for those of us who are still, you know, feeling stuck and those of us who, who keep telling ourselves, yeah, you know what, I can't make this happen or it's not worth it. When you're exhausted and you feel like you have nothing else to give, what is the type of conversation we can have with ourselves, Nick? Okay, so um, it's a great question. I think the internal dialogue is one of the most important components of, of life in general. For a lot of people, what we say in our mind is critically important. And if we think about it in a way that if we have a best friend that was critical about our success and our life consistently, then we wouldn't have them as a best friend for very long. But yet we are absolutely okay for a lot of the time of allowing our internal dialogue to be harsh, critical, abusive. And that has a huge impact on what happens to us in our life i believe that our outer world is a reflection of our inner world so if we are focusing on and telling ourselves that we can't do this and we're not worth it and all the other negative things that we can say to ourselves then that's what we're going to get more of so having a tool to be able to cope with when because you know look life doesn't always go exactly to plan right and i think exactly there's always going to be a challenge around the corner and it's how we view and what attitude we have towards those challenges that ultimately gets us the results we do or we don't want. So I actually have a a methodology that I teach my clients, which is called the DIC method, which is D I C and it stands for detect, interrogate and change. So simply what you're doing is you're using this, in the in the moment method to be able to spot these limiting beliefs and these programs because we can only change something that we are aware of obviously and the thing with the subconscious mind which is where our beliefs lie is that it's automatic 90 percent of the time it's a subconscious reaction and if we're if we're unaware of these things then we can't change them. So the DIC method is simply a tool that we carry with ourselves wherever we go. And the the D stands for detect. So when we spot a limiting belief or a story or something disempowering in our mind, we detect it. So we're getting in front of that process because typically what happens for most people is something, uh, a negative thought will come into your mind and you'll focus on that negative thought. It will get bigger and bigger and bigger. More negative thoughts will come from that. It will spiral out of control. And then your mood is affected and your, your, um, you know, how you go about that day is affected dramatically by that experience. Mm-hmm. So the Zik method allows us to get in front of that. So we detect and then we interrogate. And the interrogation process is simply a process of asking ourselves, is that serving us? Is it true? What, is it actually something that is going to be empowering me towards where I want to go and just asking it and examining it. So 
we, we call it disassociation in cognitive hypnotherapy and it allows us to step back effectively internally in our mind and look at the conversation using a non-emotional attachment. So instead of getting caught up in that process of saying, oh, I'm not good enough or it won't happen or I can't do it, we're looking at it objectively, rationally and analyzing it from a distance in, in our mind. And once we've done that, that actually allows us to break it down and really pick it apart in a way that constructively removes the emotional attachment. And then we ask ourselves a simple question, well, what do we want to have put instead? So if the example was, oh, I can't do it, or that was the belief that came into your mind, you've detected that, you've interrogated it saying, is that true? Have I actually, are there any experiences in my life that would show that that isn't true? And then what would I actually want to change that to, to be in line with the goal? And obviously, if it was something as simple as uh, I can't do it, you know, the, the opposite belief to that would be, I can do it, I will do it, I am doing it right now, something along those lines. And ultimately, the more you practice this, the greater your ability or the faster your reaction time to catching, getting in between the stimulus and the response. You know, while you were saying that in terms of detecting, interrogating, you know what, that when you're talking about, I can't do it. And the words we tell ourselves, I have no idea why, but that really brought me back to uh, my son who's actually four and, you know, snow boots and getting kids, you know, in the morning routine of taking on their boots, taking off their boots. And every time, sometimes, you know, he's too lazy to actually take them off. He's like, I can't do it. And then you just actually start crying. And I have to actually hold myself back. It's like, no, try to change your words. Say, I can do it. Say, I can do it. And, I'm paralleling that because we bring that limiting belief into our adulthood. And sometimes it happens even on a greater scale is when you're just so convinced that you can't do it and you limit yourself so much and you deprive yourself of so many opportunities. I'm not sure if that's something you've come across with your clients. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that is the challenge, you know, is, is this ability to be able to, because if you think about it, the difference between doing something and not doing something typically is what goes on in our mind of whether we think we can or we can't, right? And you can break it down to a very basic form of maybe lifting a weight in the gym or doing anything in life, whether it's, you know, your four-year-old kid putting his snow boots on or taking them off. It's the, what we say to ourselves repetitively over time is what we start to believe, right? And there's, there's more to it than that, but it's the environment that we spend our time in I was uh, speaking to a friend of mine today mm -hmm. about the environment. Environment for me is a big, big piece. And one of the components within that environment is who we spend time with. So if we're spending time with people that are reaffirming and saying, you can't do that, there's no way you do that, and aren't pushing you, encouraging towards your goals, that has an osmotic effect. It has an effect that allows that to permeate or transfer from them to you. So that is actually you know, true. The people who surround us. hundred percent, hundred percent. When, when in therapy, we call it transference. It's, it's a, uh, it's a phenomenon that happens when you spend enough time with someone. And if their state is more negative than positive, that has an effect on you. You know, the cliche expression of you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. I mean, a lot of people say, yeah, I know that. But when they actually analyze who they spend time with and how much of a positive effect or negative effect they're having on their life, then a different story usually surfaces. Uh, who we spend time with is absolutely critical. 
And if we're spending a lot of time with, and you know, as, as a coach, if you're spending a lot of time with people who are finding life challenging and are going through difficult moments and are bringing up a lot of um, negative experiences and aren't quite in the mindset that they, you know, they're aiming to be towards, which is why they bring me on board in the first place, then there is a, there is a requirement for me to be careful about who I'm exposing myself with and how that potentially could transfer over to me, which is why I have my own coaches and why I have support from, uh, you know, my mentors and my friends. And I'm very careful with who I spend my time with. So your environment and the people you spend time with and environment goes bigger than that. Obviously it's what you listen to, what you watch, how you speak to yourself. I include in that environment. Um, You know, there's a whole host of things, but who we spend time with is a very, very important component. We talked a lot about uh, the personal dialogue and obviously the people that surround ourselves with. And sometimes I, it's, I'm, I'm trying to phrase this properly. And sometimes in, you talk about the people, negative people around us and there are, you, everybody knows those people who cannot, as I like to say, you can't feel good unless they feel bad first. It's just like they have a natural penchant towards either complaining or making up excuses or just because it's their natural habit. And I want to talk about habits and the daily practices that eventually become your natural recording and pre-programming. How, is, how, how can we help them shift? How can we help them pivot? Because a lot of people are stuck in that negative circle. And that can only sometimes be, as you say, you know, permeate other relationships, people that are around you, your colleagues, your children. How can we help them? Because some people, some people don't want to be helped sometimes. And, that's, and that can be exhausting for those of us who care enough to help. Yeah, uh, ultimately what you said there is right, is some people don't want to be helped. And with anything, whether it's addictions or whether it's a mindset shifts, if you don't want to be helped, then there is no help you've got to want to have that change. And we can lead a horse to water, as the expression goes, we can't make it drink. And that's, I think that's very true. I mean, what I would say is, uh, it's something I refer to as the mental diet is a really, really important component of this, of being able to change our habits and our beliefs, because ultimately this is how it works. We repetitively over time, input information into our subconscious which comes our belief systems and those internal beliefs are what our external world looks like and you can ask yourself the questions if you focus on negative and lack and not having enough money and that's typically what comes up more and more for people mm-hmm. so focusing on the mental diet is a really critical component so mental diet includes what you listen to the conversations you're having with yourself and other people the things you watch and it also includes the people you spend time with. We talk about physical diet a lot, you know, how, what we should and shouldn't eat to be healthy. But oftentimes we don't think about in, in the level of detail that we do with the physical diet. We don't think about what mental diet, our mental diet should be or could be to have a really healthy mind. So to answer your question, helping other people, I think personally, you've got to want to be helped. And I know in that position when you're in that negative spiral it doesn't always seem that easy but for someone who is say struggling with that side of stuff our responsibility is to lead by example the people that aren't struggling as much and want to help other people it's to be the demonstration that you want to see in the world you know the change of the world you want to see in the world Mm -hmm. and i believe that is the the best process because people take note people 
observe and see other people doing well and see other people leading by example. And that's typically how people will interact with you and start asking questions because, you know, we've all, I'm sure we've all had people in our life who say wanted to lose weight and uh, you know, you've, you've tried to give them this information and say, this is what you need to do and teach, tell them this and tell them that. But ultimately it rarely works unless the person actually wants to make them change inside internally first. So we need to be as the example and lead by, and then the people that want to follow and take, take note can. Amazing. Amazing. Um, a little bit earlier, you talked about, you know, how you as a coach, again, when you are there to allow your clients or to help them, you know, adopt processes to actually, you know, just exceed, you know, to a, to a higher level and trying to get their situation better. And again, sometimes you have to shield yourself from the negativity you might be exposing yourself to. Any particular tactics or habits, you know, quick tips you could give us, you know, sometimes because what do you, how do you shield yourself again to prevent from being the sponge of that negativity? Something that, you know, some people do deal with when you're exposed to so many negative people on a daily basis yeah i would say it's our responsibility to really audit who we spend our time with and add more people into our roster of friends and peers and people that we spend time with that are more in line with what we want to achieve and the positivity uh, and that's ultimately our decision our choice now the challenge can come from that when it's our family and you know people we actually live with that's a different conversation and that you know that requires a different level of um yeah take, takes a different look at but with the mm -hmm. we can choose our friends i mean my mum always used to say choose your friends wisely and when i was a kid i always used to think uh, what does she know because that's what kids do when they're younger obviously uh, yeah but actually she was incredibly and, and still is incredibly wise in so many ways and that was one of the most important things I look back at now that I realize how important it was that we are ultimately uh, we are, you know, what our environment is like is, is definitely has a huge impact on and who we are and who we become and who we spend time with is most certainly a big part of that environment. Why? Um, as I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm trying to phrase this question because I'm really curious about that. Because um, I, again, like I said, this is totally new to me. The conversation about you know um, hard drug and alcohol addiction and everything. But I know that what you talk about self worth, you talk about the internal dialogue, we talk about you know the personal narratives that we have, and we talk about people who don't want to be helped and that struggle that some people have to think that okay, am I worth my own effort? Um, I think that has probably a lot to do with um fear i guess or shame or not feeling as if we're deserving and i want to talk about forgiveness how do we learn to forgive ourselves what i mean by that time wasted money wasted uh burn bridges with friends or families or loved ones how do we have that conversation first with ourselves or with others i'm not sure if you can help us with that nick yeah it's a really really valid point and a valuable component to this whole process the the self-worth piece I believe is the sort of the, the foundation. And for a lot of people that is, and was for me for a long, long time is what they struggle with. And they think that their problem is that they don't have enough money or their business isn't going right. But actually that's just a symptom of the underlying problem, which is can be self-worth or can be a whole different load, uh, a load of different things. And you've touched on shame as well there and, and forgiveness. And that is, a very important component because 
you know, being, having been a drug addict for 12 years, there were a lot of things that I did to myself and to other people and to my parents and did and said that I was ashamed of. And the a really good effective method to deal with those things is um, to do regressional work, which is what I do with my clients. And that is effectively going back in time in your mind, visually going back in and bringing up events through a process and seeing how those events, what meaning you've given to those events and seeing how that is still carried over into the present day, something I call mental baggage. And we all Mm -hmm. have it. And it allows us to let go and forgive and reframe those experiences. And meaning that when we're back in the present day, we're actually not carrying around those those mental you know, pieces of mental baggage that are weighing us down. It's a challenging process, I can imagine, and there's a lot of fear involved. And I can definitely understand um, how one would be very hesitant to go back into that dark closet and pull out these very, very troublesome memories, experiences, feelings. And how do we deal with that fear? Yeah, I think anything, uh, a lot of rewarding things on this planet are challenging and it takes courage and it takes vulnerability and it takes a certain type of attitude to want to be able to deal with these things. Uh, And I think that's ultimately all that's ever needed is the right attitude, regardless of whether where you're at at the moment in life, just having the courage to say, you know what, I want something different. And I'm going to go and do whatever it takes to make that happen and go and see Nick or go and speak to someone else or a good friend that's got the results that I want already, whatever it is for you. And just take those actions towards the goal that you're after. And what I'm getting from a lot of what you shared so far, and thank you so much for being so open with your experiences, is we can't do this alone. There, It takes a village, as a lot of people like to say. And there's when you're dealing with that roadblock, it helps to actually reach out and be open enough to, you know, extend, you know, a hand and say, I need help is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I believe that, um, you know, team and support and people, regardless of where you are in life, everyone needs support. There are times where um, life doesn't, doesn't seem straightforward and you're pushing to the next level of whatever it is that you want to achieve in your life and things come up, you know, including myself. And I need to, think about you know i need to have support there in place i have a lot of tools and strategies that i can use uh for my you know in my mind in my in in that moment but there are times when actually you just need to have a chat with someone outside of your head and 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 get support so yeah i 100 percent believe that it's a really really um humbling thing you know just to hear you speak so clearly and so openly and it takes a lot of um like you said, you know, a lot of inventory, uh, taking a very personal audit of, uh, you know, our lives and, you know, the work we've done. And it's all about celebrating the little wins in terms of you spend so much time on the negative aspect, but you don't also celebrate what I like to call the little wins. And I think that, you know, it's an effort that we need to do individually to not just look for that million dollar reward or lottery ticket or whatever it might look like for you in terms of success, but you need to celebrate the little wins. And I think that a lot of times that's what people are missing, thinking that it's all about the negative. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have in my journal, um, I have three wins every day. So every morning I wake up and I write down three wins I had yesterday. So it's just, 
Yeah. So I just have a very simple process. Uh, it's just a, a book and I write uh, four goals that I have for that quarter. I write three wins. I rate my happiness and my productivity out of 10. I, oh, write, wow. I write a single belief that I'm installing into my mind. And then um, things that uh, need to improve. If there are any things that I've, you know, I've dropped the ball on or needs to get done or, you know, starting to slip, it gives me an ability to track that and see what needs to get back on track because ultimately I'm human just like everyone else. And it's not all, right. you know, it's not all perfect. It doesn't always go exactly how you want it to. And that's okay. And uh, then at the end of the day, I write my goals again. So I write my goals in the morning and the evening because what we focus on is what we get. And if we so, truly focus on those things that we want, we get more of those. So the goal is not perfection, but progress. Absolutely. Wow. I'm writing this down as I'm talking to you. I was like, wow, okay. It's I think perfection, people- is the, perfection is the lowest standard, right? Because perfection ultimately doesn't exist. I don't believe there's a single human being on this planet that's been perfect in everything that they've ever done. And I don't mm-hmm. think they ever will be. So if we're aiming for a standard that is known to not be attainable, then are we not aiming for a very low set of standards? Now, there's a difference between perfection and excellence. Okay. Right? So if we're aiming for excellence and a high, high standard, and we're constantly evolving and learning from what, you know, what works well and what doesn't go so well and adapting and, and keeping our focus on that goal, it's why I have these little yellow cards that I make I have one attached to my laptop right in front of me right now. I have mm-hmm. one in my wallet. I have you know, a few popped around the house. And they're just simply a little thing that has my four goals for Q1. And I just, it keeps me, keeps me in my mind, keeps me focused on it. So instead of focusing on the, the negative, I'm focusing on why it won't happen, which is so easy for us to do. Biologically, we're wired that way to keep us alive, right? We're always, our brain is searching for, the things that are, could be potentially dangerous. So we're wired that way. So we're training ourselves to really focus on what we want to achieve. And there's a, a, a component in our brain, which you've probably heard of before, uh, RAS, Reticulating Activated System. And mm-hmm. that basically is like a radar. So if you think about it, our radar is searching. And when you, think, when you buy a new car, this is a perfect example that people have probably heard, but when you buy a new car, you start to see those new cars all over the place, Right. Exactly. That, that blue Ford Fiesta or whatever it is that you're buying. And mm-hmm. you're, you start to see it. And it's like, well, why are you starting to see that? Well, you primed your mind. You primed your radar to search for, to look out for these things. It's not like there were loads of new cars of that make and that model coming onto the market instantly and flooding the roads around where you live. It's just you're mm-hmm. becoming aware of it. So it's the same idea. So instead of installing this and you know, the radar with negative things you're looking for, you constantly refreshing it and reminding it, these are the goals I'm striving for. This is why I'm doing it and what that means to you. In terms of, thank you so much for bringing up the aspect of goal setting. Um, because I observe, because I've become a lot more observant with all these conversations we've been having, that a lot of people say they want something, but there still needs to be action taking. There still needs to be a clear set of direction you need to give yourself, whatever that means to you and actually put in the necessary steps to reach that goal. Don't just say, you know, I want that promotion. Don't just say, I want to write that book. Don't just say, I want to take that trip, but take the necessary action. And sometimes we all get flooded, you know, into the entire, you know, hailstorm of life and we don't take the necessary action and we fail to plan. 
And I'm wondering if you can just give us some tips for, you know, for all these people, you know, with the New Year's resolutions that are still, you know, collecting dust. How do we take proper action? And, you know, what does proper goal setting look like? I think ultimately, I like to keep things simple as possible. So the way I do things is per quarter, just because from a business sense, that's sort of how it fits. So mm-hmm. Q1, I look at the four goals that I want to achieve within that. One of them may be health, fitness, one of them may be business, one of them may be travel, one of them is learning. Those are the sort of four categories I typically go down. And it's about, about creating a simple goal that is known when it's completed. So what I mean by that is it's a £30,000 a month income for the business is mm-hmm. I know when that's happened. That's a very measurable, specific goal. Okay. So then it's a case of, well, what, what actually needs to happen per month, per week, per day for that outcome to be achieved? And if you don't know the answer to that, then you need to seek someone who's already got that result and ask them those questions. Because ultimately, okay. the majority of what we want to achieve in our life isn't an Elon Musk sending a rocket to Mars or you know, relaunching a rocket and bringing a rocket to land back down, which has never been done before. You know, these are the, most of the things that we want to achieve within our business and our life, there are a myriad of people out there who've already done it. So why not fast track your results and speak to those people rather than trying to go out it on your own? Um, so yeah, just keeping it simple and just checking in with the results. Like, am I on track? Do I need to change anything? Do I need more support? You know, just, just always keep it simple, but focus back on what is it I want? What are the actions I need to take? track them on a weekly, daily, and a monthly basis. Because a lot of people don't know what they want. So you're in love with the idea, but are you really in love with the execution? And sometimes, you know, you say something because it sounds nice. And I know I'm being very uh, sound condescending, but it's something you have to speak the truth of. Like some people just enjoy the idea of saying whatever their wish is. But again, you need to put the action. You need to put in the necessary step. It's going to be a process. It's not a snap of the finger. And then sometimes you have to be very empathetic to understand that everybody has to walk their own journey. And But sometimes you're right about that. You know, you have to know what you want at the basis. But thank you for speaking on that. That's, that's, uh, that's it's, it's something that really needs to be put forward. Um, you talk about oh, really right off the bat, you know, because, you know, right now throughout your journey right now, you're a peak performance coach. And what does peak performance look like, Nick? How do you define peak performance? That's a great question, Oliver. And I think ultimately that differs from the person to person of where they're at in that journey. And I think ultimately peak performance for me is what you're truly able to do at that moment in your life, because we all have different levels. There are people like David Goggins out there who would maybe look at my peak performance and say, you're not even on the close to the level that I'm at. Right. And it just depends on where you're at. So for me, it's about being the best version of yourself as much as you possibly can and through that process, learning your limitations, and learning from them and experiencing where you excel and how you, you know, where you suck and where you need to, where you need to change things and what you need to do to be able to, to get to the next level of whatever that is for you. So I think it's, it's totally dependent on, on the person, what they're looking to achieve and where they're at sort of internally, sort of from their own personal limits. Um, you know, if you look at the gym, for example, there, you know, everyone has their own limits mentally and physically what they're able to do at that given time. But the more they train, 
the easier or you know the more they can deal with the stamina grows their strength grows and that's the whole process it's a it's a you know the, the term self-development i don't think is a, is a very good expression i think we are self-developing and we are constantly on this this path of growing and learning and becoming oh, better wow. and failing and learning from those failures and moving forward from that you know and i think if if life is rosy all the time then I would suggest that you're probably not pushing yourself outside your comfort zone enough to warrant the you know, the next level of growth, whatever that is for you. He says a lot. I think um, I read it somewhere. If you're the smartest person in the room, find another room. Yeah, I love that. You need to actually find yourself. And I realize that when you are a high performer and if you're feeling a certain level of, you know, just lull, and you're not at your, you don't feel as jazz as you used to be. Chances are, as you said, you're not pushing yourself enough or you're not being pushed enough by your, as we're going back to the environment, you need to leveling up means, you know, sometimes dissociating from, you know, your natural, uh, you know, process, your everyday process. And that's where we're going back to the, you know, proverbial comfort zone. And for them, for some people that, um, that, how, how I call it, that dissociation, is a very frightening thing, you know, just letting go of that something that we're used to and stepping into something that we're not. And that discomfort sometimes is very limiting. How would you suggest we deal with that? Yeah, support, have have decent support around you. You know, uh, today I had to phone a friend because there was some stuff going on with, with the, the next level that I'm pushing to, you know, which was outside my comfort zone. And I needed a reality check from him and had a good chat and, and got back on track. And, you know, I think the support we have outside of ourselves is, is critically important. And I think anyone that says I've got this and I don't need any support is probably lying to themselves. I think, you know, you look at Richard Branson or any major entrepreneur who's, you know, had huge amounts of success, they always equate their success to themselves and their team, the people that supported them, the coaches that helped them. And you know, even the best coaches on the planet have their own coaches. And I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer in that. I think it's important for for us to have that support network around us to be able to um, to help. And ultimately, you know, internally, it's that courage. Again, it's that vulnerability to share what's going on. Uh, be real with the experience, have the courage to make the steps and, you know, and to, to be able to put your hand up and say, do you know what? Uh, I find this hard. <laughs> this isn't easy and I need some help. With that, we realize uh, throughout all that we're looking at, whether in social media or on other platforms or wherever, there's an explosion of, you know, pro professionals, you know, promoting themselves at, as coaches. How do, I, do we identify a proper coach for us? Great question. So the first thing is there needs to be a level of rapport between you two for that relationship to be effective. Without that, then it's going to be very difficult. And I would say that the, the key thing is ask them to speak to their clients. Ask to speak to the people that they've worked with. And if they say no, then there's something not quite right there. If someone okay. wants to speak to if someone wants to speak to one of my clients to see, you know, to have a chat with them and ask them sort of the questions about their experience with working with me and the results that they've got, 
I'm always happy to ask my clients uh, to to have those conversations. Now, it's their prerogative to say yes or no. They don't have to say yes, of course. Um, but the majority of the time people do. So just just instead of looking at a lovely landing page or website that sort of, you know, is very well written and has the right sort of images and text and all that sort of stuff. And then, um, you know, you've watched a Facebook Live to say, oh, this person looks sounds really interesting and saying all the right things. Actually do your due diligence. I, I have no problem with anyone ever asking me can i speak to one of your clients can i get some real you know some real feedback from someone that you've recently worked with um and if they're if they're unable to do that or you feel that something doesn't feel right around that then they're probably not the right person for you excellent excellent thank you for bringing that up and you know as from what i know um, there are, again, it's like different strokes for different folks. So there are different types of coaches. You know, you might have a money coach, you might have a spiritual coach, you might have a business coach. Is that usually how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think the key thing is understanding what you want and what's getting in your way from getting what you want. And everyone is going to require a, you know, different types of coaches for that. I mean, I know for me, for me, I spend a lot of money over the years, tens of thousands of dollars on different coaches and courses. And if I'm completely honest, the majority of them weren't what I needed. I didn't need the, uh, the marketing strategies. I needed the mindset stuff, the stuff that I now teach. You know, and right. that's, what, that's what I do. I work with entrepreneurs, specifically online coaches and consultants, who haven't built that foundation of mindset and are stuck in this spiral of self-doubt and low confidence and take action but inconsistently and all the things that come with having a poor mindset and everything else surrounding that so uh, for me it's 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 critically important of understanding what is your actual limitation because the difference between a problem and a symptom is a very important conversation you know the problem seems like oh i don't have enough money or i don't have enough clients or whatever it is for that person but actually that's just a symptom and the underlying problem could be self-worth or it could be a mindset shift requirement or it could be a whole load of different things. Everyone's different. But it's really understanding like what is it that's actually getting in my way rather than what I think is getting in my way because those two things are usually very different. It's a terrific mission that you're doing. And I believe probably, I probably, my mistake for probably just skipping over it, but it always depends down to the core, what we do in this life, what we dedicate our time, our, our t energy and our attention to is always comes down to a very basic question. Why? And why did it matter to you following everything that you've been through and coming out the other end and, you know, right now pursuing your mission into helping uh, these individuals, you know, reach their next level? Why did it matter to you? to you know serve in that way nick yeah ultimately it was to help people stop struggling with the journey that i went through you know it was it was i've always been driven and ambitious from a young boy but for whatever reason the inconsistent cycle of just up and down of not being able to get what i wanted was the most frustrating and you know, difficult journey that i'd ever been on and going through that experience, is, which I'm very grateful for because it's given me so much and taught me so many things, going through that experience and then coming out the other side and then realizing and starting to learn about cognitive hypnotherapy and how the mind works and understanding it to a new level, I saw a different view of why I was being held back and what was getting in my way. And ultimately, it was me. I was the person standing in my own way, preventing myself getting from that through subconscious programming and a whole host of other things we've talked about on the show today. And seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in so many ways actually allowed me to see, okay, well, people don't need to struggle with this anywhere near as much as they think they do. 
And I want to be able to help people navigate that struggle in a much faster way rather than spending tens of thousands of dollars on coaches and years and years and years of their life doing different things after different things, but not getting the results when actually, you know, the, the um, rapid mindset transformation program that I've created for all entrepreneurs allows you to do a huge amount of work in a very short amount of time, sort of three to six sessions, an hour each session can actually wow. transform someone massively in that amount of time. And I, I sort of liken it to four years I spent in seminar after seminar after seminar. I got some results, but actually six sessions uh, of this particular style of training coaching allowed me to catapult my levels of ability to get things done and all the things that you know are important within my business and it was just okay it was just an eye-opener just a aha moment it's like okay now i see what's truly possible for people when you approach it in the correct way laser focused energy consistent proactive action wow okay so it's not just about just the talk, but putting in the actual necessary and effective work, not to waste well, time. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, possible. What, what, what gets in the way of doing that? If you, if you break it down and really analyze it, for most people, what gets in the way of taking that consistent action is ourselves, is the self-doubt, the internal dialogues, the low confidence, or you know, the, the shiny object syndrome of bouncing from one idea to the next because you don't truly believe in the thing that you're doing uh, right now. You know, that, that for most people is what holds us back. And once you get a handle on that, then that really unlocks a new level of performance within your life and your business. I'm seriously taking notes as you're talking, Nick, because a lot of these things you're saying are resonating so much with me and I'm sure with, with our listeners, because we all find ourselves in that, I like to say, lull, again, that, you know, that corner of limiting self, you know, anxiety, fear doubt and keep telling ourselves these dreams are too big for me this ambition is too much or do i really deserve you know to want that much out of life and you're saying that well yes you do you just have to believe it yeah absolutely and that comes down to our programming right uh, programming is given to us from our parents from schools from government from things we watch people we spend time with all of that stuff um so yeah absolutely it's amazing it's amazing nick it's a truly, truly educational piece for me today. I, again, want to thank you for this very empowering talk. Um, I came at it with full humility and sincerity, and I really, really want to thank you for taking the time with us and with me to you know, educate me on a few things. Because for me, it's very important to learn along all these conversations. And again, I want to celebrate you for the journey that you've you know, come this far and all the good that you're doing because it's tremendous work and it takes a lot of courage. You, we talked about that word to actually put yourself out there and, you know, do the greater good because I believe we're all in this together. And I really want to thank you for this insight. And of course, your valuable time. It's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much. No, you're very welcome. And I'd like to also extend a gift to any of the, anyone listening to this. I've, um, I have a, a set of audios that I create, which are, a powerful way of being able to get yourself out of anxiety or stress or overwhelm, which is something that we all go through at some points in our life uh, within seven minutes. So on my website, I've got a free download and it's a seven minute audio listening to my voice with a bit of music. And it takes you from stress, anxiety or overwhelm and seven minutes later puts you in a calm uh, reset basically. So if anyone is listening and wants to 
get that, then I can happily give you some links. Uh, and there's also a 50% off for a few listeners as well um, for the meditation, the optimized meditation suite that I've created, which is a seven minute one all the way up to 30 minutes, depending on how much. And if you're someone that hasn't done much meditation or has ADHD and finds it difficult to sit still and, and focus on these sorts of things, they're perfect for you. So if you'd like to extend that to your listeners, I can happily give you some links and coupon codes for all of those things. Awesome. Awesome. I was just going about to ask you that. Where can, if the listeners want to connect with you, I know they can find me on Instagram, Nick Alvary, but I also have your personal website. It's uh, optimize.life, but where are the best, best places to find you? Yeah, head over to optimize.life and that's optimized with an S, not a Z as it's uh, UK spelling. Um, head over to optimize.life and then you've got uh, all the resources there. Facebook community, if you're an entrepreneur, online coach or a consultant who wants to get involved with that, I do free trainings. Um, scroll to the bottom of the website and you'll get that free audio download. Um, and as I say, there's 50 50% off the actual optimized meditations, uh, which you can just type in optimized 50 as a coupon code to check out. It's only 47.99, I think at the moment. So you get 50% off that as well. Really cool. I'll be sure to drop all the links and all the web presences once the episode goes live. But there is a running tradition on the podcast. Last question, not to put you on the spot, but I always like to leave the floor to the guests. You know, a call to action, a personal quote, a mantra, a daily habit, anything that we can leave the listeners with, you know, to wake up tomorrow and take that next step towards the next level. What can we leave them with, Nick? Oh, so many things. But I think the key thing is just to realize that whatever we want to achieve in our life, is totally possible we just need to believe that it is so think about your mental diet think about the people you're spending time with think about the things that you're listening to whether that's the music the lyrics that you're listening to or the films that you're watching or the you know the podcast that you're listening to like this if you start filling your mind with healthy mental foods things like podcasts and audiobooks, then you're going to have a much healthier mind. And that healthier mind is going to give you much greater things in your life externally from it. So think about your mental diet, have an audit of it, take an audit of what you're currently putting into your mind and start either removing or adding fresher, healthier ingredients. I can't thank you enough. I'm saying thank you because I really, really, truly am grateful uh, for your wisdom, your time and your wonderful insight. Nick, all the best to you. Guys, this is my guest, Nick Alvary. You can definitely find him on Instagram, Alvary, E-L-V-E-R-Y, or also at optimized with an S dot life. And I'll be sure again to drop all the web presences and all the links available on the episode blog post once it goes live. Guys, another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast in the can. Thank you so much, as always, for your support. Again, drop a like or a comment or share the episodes on iTunes as it's always available and appreciated. As always, stay wonderful, stay blessed, stay resilient, and as always, do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.